Okay, guys, welcome back to Shay Says. I am so excited to have you guys back on this podcast with me because you must want to hear what I have to say today. Now, if you've missed any of the past episodes, I suggest you stop right now and go back because each episode is a stepping stone into the next one. In the last episode that you heard, We talked about friendships and we talked about making boundaries on feeling comfortable enough to share intimate things with your friends and how to be a best friend to yourself. So in the next few episodes, we're going to get a little deeper. We're going to talk about the things that we intimately want to share with people, but we're too scared to, whether that's anxiety, depression, any mental health problem that we're dealing with. So today I have Dr. Sadeh, where we're going to discuss in this episode different forms of anxiety and how to decipher between an anxiety disorder over just being anxious. Now I'm sure that we can all relate to in our generation that people blame their anxiety a lot and that's fine, but we want to know how to appropriately talk about it and how to get the right information about it. So I want to say thank you for Dr. Sadeh being on this episode. I knew you were the perfect person to really come and help this conversation. And I really wanted to start off by giving information on what anxiety is. So I remember there was normal anxiety where that's like our natural response to threat or absence of people. And then we get those physiological symptoms of like our heart racing a little bit or sweating per se. And then there's also pathological anxiety, where the pathological anxiety is like very excessive and it impairs our function. So I guess like that's the textbook version. Can you like flush that out for me? And just thank you again for coming. Yes, thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here. So you really kind of nailed it with your description there and that we're all going to experience anxiety and actually it's good for us to experience anxiety, right? So, you know, if a a lion comes into the room I'm sitting in, I need to have an anxious response or what we might call in that situation a fear response so that my brain and body just kind of take off and know that I either have to fight this lion or I have to run away. Um, Another option is to to freeze. And those are really the three components of anxiety. Um, We have the fight response, the flight response, and the freeze response. And that's a really extreme example, right? So there we're talking about, uh, you know, a wild animal being in the room. We typically aren't experiencing those sorts of situations, but sometimes it can feel as intense as a lion being in the room when you have to get up and give a talk in front of your classmates, or you have to, uh, you know, ask someone out on a date, or you're doing something that is maybe a little bit fearful or or anxiety provoking. Um, And all of that is healthy. When it becomes less healthy or more pathological is when the anxiety becomes chronic, so it's affecting you daily uh, for most of the day, and it's impairing your functioning, like you said. So either it's interfering with your ability to uh, perform in school, um, take care of yourself, so pay your bills, or you spend a lot of your day worrying. So 
When the symptoms become really severe and kind of take over your life, you don't feel like you have control over them anymore, that's when we're talking about more pathological anxiety or, or an example of a mental disorder. Just before we started this podcast, I was looking in the mirror doing that superwoman pose just to like not feel anxious. And <laughs> I'm like, why, why am I feeling anxious? I've done this so many times. And I've even gotten that people feel as if I don't get anxious, I guess, with what I put off. And I try to explain to them I get anxious every day I have feelings of anxiety but I wouldn't say that where my anxiety actually impairs me every day where I can't do anything so I really wanted to talk about what generalized anxiety disorder is and that this would lie with the pathological anxiety that we just talked about and I also wanted to talk about like why I guess do people get mixed up with feeling these normal anxious feelings, I guess, of having to ask someone on a date and they feel as if they just have an anxiety disorder. So to, to address kind of the first part about generalized anxiety disorder, um, what you're talking about there is really problems with worry. So what defines that disorder is that people are spending a good portion of their day worrying and not just kind of thinking about their day, but worry is really negative thoughts about the future. So bad things are going to happen in the future. And that's kind of the cognitive or mental component of it. There's also a, a physiological component to it that um, involves some more subtle symptoms like muscle tension, you'll see as a symptom of generalized anxiety disorder, difficulty sleeping, um, kind of anything that gets at this sense of tension that you're carrying around in your body all day, including into the night when you're sleeping. And it's not that common. So this is kind of uh, goes to your point about what's the difference between normal anxiety and pathological anxiety. These sorts of anxiety disorders, although they're more common than other types of mental disorders like schizophrenia, there's still only about 3% of the general population that's going to meet criteria for this at any given time. So how do you know, you know, how do I know if I have what we call a shorthand GAD? Often what we see in people with GAD is perfectionism. So I think that's why this is a little bit more common among college students, right? So to get into college, you often um, are more likely to have grown up in an environment where people stress things like accomplishments, your grades, looking a certain way, um, behaving a certain way, and all of those things uh, you know, lead to perfectionism and also are associated with like this rigidity that we see in generalized anxiety disorder. In terms of how you get there, you know, what causes this? Well, it runs in families. So when things run in families, it could be because you share genes with your parents that put you at risk for worrying about the future. Um, it's good to worry about the future to some extent, right? If we just went every day and thought about only today, we would never get into college or pay our bills or do anything that requires kind of future orientation. Um, but it's when you're stuck in the future all the time that is really the problem. So you can learn that from your parents too. If you see parents modeling that sort of behavior when you're young, you might spend more and more of your time kind of trying to anticipate negative things that are gonna happen to you and that's where this worry comes in. So it's likely both biology that you're inheriting from people in your family as well as the environment that you grew up in. So do you have any examples of how you just see regular forms of anxiety in college students or anyone between the ages of 18 to 25 today? And then how you see examples of maybe one with GAD within this age group? 
It's an interesting question because <clears throat> what I've heard from people and, and the experiences that I've had working at UD is that there are increasing number of students with or who report severe anxiety. You know, they're getting accommodations for um, anxiety in terms of test taking or assignments in class. And I think that's much more common today than it was when I was in college. Um, I graduated high school in 2000, so that gives you a sense of when I, I was in school. And I'm not sure if that's because of an increased awareness about mental health, that people are more willing to ask for help now and say, hey, I'm having, I'm struggling here. I need some extra help with my anxiety. Or if there's something about society and the way that, um, people are experiencing it today, that they are kind of feeling anxiety more acutely and more intensely than we did in the past. Uh, I don't think we know the answer to that question. Yeah. You know, if, they're, if the anxiety is so intense that they feel that they need accommodations on exams or with coursework, that is probably pretty close to um, experiencing impairment that I would, you know, think is consistent with a mental disorder. Um, but it doesn't have to be, right? It, it could just be um, one situation, like maybe you just have test anxiety and then that's not really a mental disorder because it's so situation specific. People who I see come in who, you know, are in their 20s who have GAD or need help with GAD are finding it kind of um, paralyzing, right? So it's so all-consuming. They're so worried about being perfect that they're not able to um, date, right? They're not able to put themselves out there because you have to be a little bit vulnerable, right? To go on a date and, and, and um, you know, try and connect with someone. One of the things about GAD that we haven't talked so much about is the desire for control. Mm. So people who are high on um, generalized anxiety disorder really don't like uncertainty. And so worry is a function of that. We feel like when we're worrying that we're actually problem solving or making the uncertainty less when it's really just our mind kind of repeating itself over and over. Um, so any situation where people don't have control, people with GAD are going to struggle a bit more. Um, and when you're going out into the world for the first time, you're going to college, maybe you're living away from home, you're on, you're more independent, all these new areas come out where there's just more uncertainty. You know, you've lived with your parents for so long, you kind of know what that environment's like, and now you're in this whole new place. So it might also be that these anxieties are coming up for people in college because it's the first time that they're out there. They're exposed to this kind of less predictable environment. There's a little bit more stress, um, a lot more newness. And, and so these anxieties are, are coming up that they haven't really had to deal with before. How can we as people who may not have anxiety disorders, how can we actually appropriately say, I am anxious right now versus my anxiety, like this is my anxiety, I do have anxiety. Regardless of what you're experiencing is an anxiety disorder or it's just anxiety, both of those feel uncomfortable, right? In, the, in one case, it's you know more severe, more uncomfortable, more impairing, um, but we all know what it feels like to be anxious, to be fearful. Now, in terms of what do we do with that anxiety or that feeling, it makes all the difference in the world in terms of the outcome. So what do we do when we are anxious? We want to avoid, right? So 
you know, I have to, this is kind of a silly scientist <laughs> example, but I, you know, have to write this introduction to this paper that I really don't want to do. People have this with homework assignments or upcoming exams, right? And so you avoid it because it makes you anxious to think about how you might perform in that situation. Now, what does avoiding it do? Well, in the short run, it makes you feel better, right? Oh, I can, you know, release that anxiety out. I don't have to face that right now. But what research shows is that in the long run, that's actually going to elevate your anxiety. Um, so even if they are having an anxiety disorder or an experiencing intense anxiety, the goal is to really help people not avoid. Um, you know, so you... I guess what I do, because I have this tendency myself, I think we all do, is when we're anxious, I'll say to myself, you know, am I, a, am I avoiding this because there's a helpful reason to, or am I avoiding it because I'm anxious and I'm dreading it? And if it's just because of the feeling, the anxiety feeling, then I try and push myself past that and do it anyways. And if you feel like you can't take that step, you can't go forward without the help of a professional or a friend, then that's when you know you need to reach out for help. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Sade, for coming on this podcast today and really helping us all understand what anxiety is at best. And I will talk to you in the next episode.